This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is sponsored by The Women in Revenue. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. You have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm elated and grateful that you're here. Today's conversation is with Catherine Rose, and Catherine is the founding CEO of a company called GetWise. But I met Catherine at a conference. She was keynoting and led a panel that I was fortunate enough to be on at a Women in Tech session at Dynamic Communities North America Summit. The next year, I got to keynote and lead a panel myself. So she kind of passed the baton to me. But in that year, we got to know each other better. And we've been keeping in touch and seeing how we can get involved with each other's communities and networks. And she is just a joy. She has so many nuggets of wisdom. It was so hard at the end to wrap it up into three things. So Catherine Rose is a wife, a mother. She's the founding CEO of GetWise, and she is the author of nine books, two of which are bestsellers. As I mentioned, Catherine is the CEO and founder of GetWise, a revolutionary platform offering on-demand expert advice for women in business, career, and life. And don't worry, men, she'll also work with men. Prior to devoting her focus to GetWise, Catherine was an executive marketing consultant for large global and local clients developing targeted online campaigns, resulting in millions of engaged fans, followers, and connections. She was also a woman on Wall Street long before the Fearless Girl statue made her debut. And Catherine's experience has taken her from startup to multi-million dollar companies. Listen for two things during my conversation with Catherine. One, she talks about how networking is all about giving to a community. Networking doesn't come naturally to all of us, and we have to build our own networks. And she really wants to talk about the art of giving. And secondly, listen for when Catherine shares her favorite Zig Ziglar quote. My favorite Zig quote is fear. F-E-A-R has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Women in Revenue lives in a world where every woman has access to a thriving, supportive community of powerful, diverse, and daring members. As a nonprofit organization, they exist to serve women in revenue-generating roles across marketing, customer success, and sales, with goals of workplace equity, inclusion, and career acceleration. Women in Revenue is a transformative organization which elevates, highlights, and encourages future female leaders. Their community strives to remove barriers and power career trajectories forward. Together, they unlock new opportunities for women in revenue, generating roles through networking, education, mentorship, and many other benefits. 
Visit womeninrevenue.org for more information. Catherine, you've reinvented your professional life. And not everybody does that. And it takes a lot of courage and confidence and many other things in my five pillar methodology. But you coin yourself as an accidental entrepreneur after leaving Wall Street. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned about the reinvention. It's it's it it, it took a little bit less courage than it did um, you know, just having having to do it, right? And so the accidental piece came from uh I was on Wall Street, as you mentioned, and I was eight and a half months pregnant, you know, just about to have my first child. And this was 2007 and the mortgage market melted down, right? We went into a global economic crisis and uh, they closed our division. And uh, at the same time, my mom had a brain aneurysm that left her paraplegic. So within a three month period, I lost my job. I had a brand new baby and I had to take care of my mom. And so, but I knew I also had to, you know, do something else with my life. So I've been in enterprise sales for most of my career. And so I called all of my clients and I said, what can I do for you? I can do sales training. I can do marketing. I, I knew I couldn't go full time into an office, you know, with all the personal challenges. And they said, oh, you know, Catherine, we're, we've got that covered, but we want our websites to come up first in Google searches. And I thought, well, how hard could that be? <laughs> like, I can do that. And it turns out it was pretty hard. Um, I didn't even know it was called search engine optimization. I knew nothing. So at the time, everybody wanted me to take their course or read their book, you know, very passive. And I said, I really, I wanted to accelerate my learning. Um, and I said, if I could find someone to show me how, you know, I think I could do this. And I did, I found someone, I paid for their time. And within two weeks, I got my first paying client. And that from there, I just parlayed that into, you know, uh, a lot of search engine optimization work and then social media when it became more mainstream and then, you know, from there. But um, it was a it was a very interesting and challenging time. And what did you do on Wall Street? I was in mortgage backed securities. <laughs> very, very common to marketing. Yeah, <laughs> completely different, completely different. But at the time, it was like I knew I couldn't go back and do that because um you know, Wall Street doesn't really, you know, look too, you know, well on folks that just had babies, unfortunately. Um, and, and, you know, the big firms were just, they were closing. I mean, never, no one ever thought Lehman Brothers was going to collapse and, you know, all the things that were happening. So there was just a lot of uh, challenges in, in, in getting into that market. And again, you know, not being able to have a full-time job, I thought, you know, internet marketing, I could do it from anywhere at any time. And, um, but I didn't know how to do it. And so that's how I, you know, I jumped into the deep end of the ocean, so to speak. Yeah. You worked there long before the fearless girl statue. Yes. Oh yeah. There was, there were no fearless girls. We were all quite fearful. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, you mentioned Lehman brothers a couple of minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. I don't live in New York, but I was in New York for business that day. And so kind of submersed in my work. I didn't know what was going on. And I called a friend and I said, you know, you're late. You were sp we were supposed to meet for drinks. And he lives there. And he said, oh, I just got laid off. And he worked at Lehman. And I only had his work number at the time. And I called his work and I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. You know, he still met me out for a drink later, but I felt so bad. Yeah. I mean, no, no one saw that coming. You went from marketing to being the founder and CEO of GetWise. So tell us a little bit about GetWise. Yeah, so GetWise was was uh, is a technology platform that connects people one on one with experts, 
um, to help them accelerate their business or career growth. I was in enterprise sales for many years um, and, and through the, the, the SEO and social media, I kind of put the marketing hat back on, but I'm really more of a sales marketer, right? It's, uh, you know, just, uh, trying to, um, how to drive traffic, how to, um, you know, get people to be visible and, um, and, and get them to, you know, come onto our site and book calls with our experts. And, um, I do think though, that, that experience I mentioned, you know, back in 2007 and, and kind of having to um, reinvent myself really set set me up for this because part of it was for me, um, I didn't have a network to tap into. I had only been in financial services. And so when I needed to reinvent myself, no one that I knew had any idea how to do any of this stuff. They didn't know how to do SEO or, I mean, nobody was on Facebook or any of that stuff. And so with me having to reinvent myself and then have, you know, the acceleration of my learning, being connected with an expert, really all these years later gave me that idea. And, and what I have been very intentional about doing over the last you know, 15 years is uh, building my network. I always had a huge network. I mean, I'm still in touch with some of the people I, I, I worked with on Wall Street, but because I, you know, I go out and speak and I do a lot of those things, I'm constantly um, you know, honing my network and supporting my network. And I thought, how can I leverage this incredible network that I built to help other people? And so that's kind of the, the impetus, you know, for, for um, the platform itself. Um, and so that's what we, that's what we do. We provide that expert access. It's so needed out there because so many times, right. Even I find myself, oh, if I can only ask someone, <laughs> how did you go about building a network? For me, it's always been about giving first. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of motivational speakers and, um, you know, I, I am totally going to date myself again, but, um, you know, I used to have the tapes, like you put the tapes in the car and like, then this, then the 15 CD set or whatever. But one of my favorite ones is Zig Ziglar, God rest his soul. And he used to say, you can have everything you want in life. If you help enough other people get what they want. And so I'm always figuring out like, oh, how can I connect you know, Gail with somebody that can help her or, and so initially um, what was challenging is I didn't have a whole lot to give these people because I, uh, you know, when I was learning SEO and things like that and social media, um, because I just, uh, I just started myself. So I did have to, I did, you know, buy their programs. And when I did, I made sure I connected with them on the different social networks. And at the time, the only thing I could really give them was visibility. So I would write uh, articles and do interviews with these people, um, do YouTube you know, interviews, constantly amplifying their social posts. So they saw that I was really a, a good part of their network and they're all still friends of mine today. Um, and so that's really what it's always been. It's, you know, I'm, I'm always like looking at the, uh, you know, like a, at LinkedIn and different things and, and commenting on people's posts and sharing them and sharing their wins. And so I think that that's really, um, for me, that's what it, that's what it's about, and that forms the basis of an incredible network that I have today. You mentioned give, and that's so important. And you know, people think giving and, and treasure is very important too, right? When we make donations to charities and whatnot, but giving of your time to build that engine—that's a little secret sauce. Yeah, and I think that one of the things about Getwise when I when I first started it was, um, you know, people said to me, "Well, why why?" 
why don't you offer free calls? And I said, well, it's really not my place to give someone else's time away for free, right? But also as a, um, you know, as a consultant for many years, I would say to people, all I have is what's in my head. And if I give it away for free, <laughs> you know, how am I going to support my family? How am I going to? So what we've done is we've made it so that it's a democratizing access. So we've asked all of our experts to take a low bono fee. So maybe not what they would normally charge, but a lower fee. So that way, anyone um, who really needs the assistance can get it. But there's a little bit of an exchange of a fee because adding that in gives it uh, a little more gravitas, right? So this is a, you know, this is an important conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm paying a little bit for it, kind of thing. So that's really um, the, the, the idea behind it is to, um, we are giving of our time. We're giving it at a, at a lower fee than we would normally do because we want to help you know, people succeed, but, you know, exchanging that fee definitely gives it um, much more elevation, you know, in the person's mind. There's a lot of research on it, actually, that, uh, that, that shows that people, you know, for, they don't really value free advice. So if I give you my time for free, then you're not going to value the advice. You know, I've lost that time. So it's, a, I think it's important to, to have some kind of a fee in there. You, you stole the word out of my mouth. Value, value, value. There's value. And so, you know, when people, you know, say they can't afford my fee or whatnot, right. Or, you know, can I have it for free? Well, sometimes there's a barter that can happen, right. Being an entrepreneur, right. but other times I'm like, are you going to give a discount to me on your product? Will you give yeah. me your product for free? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's not to say that I don't, you know, give my time away for free. Um, but, uh, but how I did it when I originally started as a consultant, I wrote a bunch of books. And so I would say, you know, hey, you know, here's my book. I'd give them, I'd give them my book for free. But then if they wanted, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of my time, we would, you know, there was, a, there was a fee exchange. But, um, and now I think the time that I spend that's free is the fact that like, I am commenting thoughtfully on people's posts. I am sharing blog posts and wins and doing all those kinds of things. So that, you know, obviously takes a, takes a significant amount of time and, and it's just valuable. You're so humble. You wrote a bunch of books for the people listening. The answer is none of these nine. Are, none of these are like your books. None of these are like that. Your, your book is incredible, by the way. Um, my, my first six books were, were literally screenshots and step-by-step -step because when I first started, that was where the gap I saw was that these people, these, you know, incredible marketers, public relations folks who had, you know, agencies for, for years the challenge they were having wasn't the fact that they didn't, they didn't understand how to utilize social media per se. It was more of how do I set it up right? So I said, let me do the step-by-step -step guides. And it was screenshots pretty much. I mean, there was some strategy in there, but really it was, it, so those were the first six that I, that I wrote. Um, and they were, you know, they were really popular because again, back then, that was really what it was, is like, how do I actually make this car start? <laughs> you know, not that I don't know how to drive. I just don't know, you know, where should I put the steering wheel? How, you know what I mean? Should I use the manual transmission, automatic transmission, whatever it was. So that's why um, that's, those were the first books that I wrote. And then the last two were more strategic. So it was the solving the social media puzzle. Um, and then the last one was return on relationship with my good friend, Ted Rubin. And that was all about like, this idea of a network effect, this idea of giving, this idea of looking at fostering the relationships you have 
and then people will buy from you. Mm -hmm. So you talk about screenshots, you know, putting graphics and images in books is pretty costly. This was all, um, this was all self-published. So I put them into word documents and then I had, um, and then I, I uploaded them into, um, at the time it was called create space. Now it's Kindle direct publishing, but at the time it was called create space. And that's what, that's what I did. That's how I did it. Well, Catherine is impressive. Nine books in total and probably nine books and counting. If I had to guess, knowing you, there are a few, there are a few ideas germinating, but you know, it, 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 as you know, it takes a significant amount of time. And so with everything else, um, you know, they'll be coming, I'm sure. I can't wait. I can't wait. And you, you help people get wise. How did that name come about? Well, originally we launched as wise her where I was focused specifically on helping women owned businesses and career climbers. And then through the pandemic, what happened was we, well, we realized that more than just women needed help. A lot of underrepresented founders who weren't, you know, who didn't identify as women um, were, were part of it. We launched an enterprise strategy. So we have large companies like Liberty Mutual and Staples and, and Dell um, who are le were leveraging us for their communities and their employees. And what we found was interesting was the men don't have an necessarily, um, you know, an issue, so to speak, with coming to our platform and seeing that like 90% of the experts are women, but the wise her name gave them pause. They would email me and say, hey, do I have to sign up under my wife's name? So we said, we don't want a barrier. We don't want people to feel, I mean, I'm all about inclusivity. So why would I want men to feel excluded? So we, so we, we morphed the name into get wise. Yeah. It's a great name. So when you think back, how many years have you been doing your own thing since 2007, 2008? Well, yeah. So I did that from 2007 until about 2012 and then a software company through my network reached out to me and said, you know, we, we just launched this product. We want a head of sales. And, uh, it was a friend of mine and he goes, I just bought the product. And they, their director of uh, their VP of sales left. Do you, do you want a job? And I just had my daughter and I said, you know, I could use a break. <laughs> so I went back into corporate and I did that for, I took the company from about four and a half million to 13 million in, in two and a half, three years. And, um, and then they sold the company. And that's when I was like, okay, what's my, going to be my next thing? So I went back into consulting for a bit. And then my husband said to me, you know, making money is your superpower. Why don't you figure out how to do it for yourself? again. And so I said, okay. Um, but this time I, I learned a lot of lessons from my first, um, foray out on my own. And I was able to utilize a lot of those learnings into, into what I'm doing now. You've had many iterations of reinventions in different yes. seasons. <laughs> it's impressive. Once you do it once, you're like, I can do this again. <laughs> so where does that, where does that courage come from and the confidence there? And the clarity of mind to, to do that, because a lot of people look and they see, oh, Catherine Rose, she's successful. You know, they see you at the top of the pyramid. They don't see that journey up where maybe you doubted yourself or something didn't work out, but you kept persevering. I think a lot of it comes from my parents, honestly. My, well, my grandmother first, my grandmother lived with us and um, she lost her husband when my mom was 10 and she raised three children by herself. Um, and, you know, worked and she actually was, you know, bought a house. I mean, that just wasn't done back then. She was able to, to do that. Um, and then 
my mom, when she had her brain aneurysm, you know, she was a, she was a nurse for 30 something years and, you know, left her paraplegic. And my parents were the ones who would hike the Appalachian trail. I mean, you know, they, they would backpack through Belize and like, they were just those people. And so from taking that away from her, you would think that it would have, uh, it would have stopped her, would have clouded her judgment, would have, you know, changed her personality. And it didn't, they persevered, you know, and they, um, and, and to this, I mean, God bless her. She's, she's still here and they're, they're still going today. And, um, and so for me, I see that. And my dad used to have this saying, he'd say, you know, I could complain, but who would listen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and that's the way I felt about it. It was, uh, you know, it was, I'll feel sorry for myself tomorrow kind of thing. And you just kind of have to keep going. Um, there, a lot of the mistakes I think I've made is when I, I try to make things happen. I try to feel like thinking too far down the road or that I'm not, cause you know, you can do that. You, I call it like comparitis. You see other people, right? You don't see their struggles. You see, and I think I should be there. You know, I should, I should be here. And over the last, I would say six months in, in truth, it's taken a long time, but I would say over the last six months, I've really sat back and I'm like, I'm going to remove this should from my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just continue to do the next right thing. What can, what can I do to today? What can I do tomorrow to like those small incremental wins rather than trying to get a huge win? And what if that doesn't happen? You know, it, you've climbed that mountain, but for whatever reason, there's fog at the top and you can't get, get all the way to the, the top. And you're like, wait, I just spent all this time climbing this mountain. So maybe it's just getting to base camp. Maybe it's just getting to that next, you know, that next thing and, and being okay with it. And so, um, yeah, so those are the, you know, some of the, some of the lessons that I've had to learn. It's thinking like an elephant one bite at a time, one bite at a time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, and you were talking about the celebrating the small wins. When I work with other women and advise them, you know, they say, okay, I applied for the job. I said, okay, let's celebrate that win that you applied for the job. You got the courage to do it. You got an interview. Let's celebrate that. You may not get the job, you know, and we won't pop the bubbly just yet, but each little step, it's a small celebration and we don't celebrate those small wins enough. No, we don't. No, we don't. I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm still guilty of that. I mean, I've gotten a little bit better with, um, you know, with, with sharing the things that I'm doing, um, because as a, as a founder, you want to be seen everywhere. Right. And people, and, and like, like, so I have investors now reaching out to me, whereas before, you know, I was reaching out to investors, which was painful. That's a whole subject of another podcast altogether. But I decided after, you know, after trying to live through that experience a little bit that I'm like, I'm all set with this. I'm just going to go get customers because that's my superpower anyways. Right. Just, you know, um, energizing my network. And if you produce something that people that is useful, helpful, impactful, people are going to want it and they're going to buy it. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go do that. Right. Um, and so, you know, really like looking at that, but the fact that I posted, I just, I just was, uh, asked to, uh, lead a trade mission for the United States government, the commercial service to Portugal, France, and the Netherlands. That's a huge opportunity. And I, 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 the fact that I posted about it was one thing because I want, I wanted it to be visible, you know, again, to like potential customers and investors and whatever. Um, but I'm there and I'm at the, we're at the ambassador's residence 
in Paris and we're sitting in the gold room because they have those, right? And we're sitting in the gold room and one of the other women that was on the trade mission with me, she leans over and she's like, we have to stop for a minute and look around and be like, wow, <laughs> I'm in the ambassador's <laughs> residence. You know, and it was like, I, I, she was absolutely right. We just, we sort of stepped away from the conversation and we just took it in because we don't think of it as a big deal. And it is mm -hmm. right. Those are the kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with saying this, this is a big deal and I'm excited and I'm proud of myself. And because if, if I'm out there, one of my biggest things is if, if I'm out there invisible, then other women will see it and other people will feel comfortable about sharing their wins, you know? So it's just a really important thing, I think, for all of us to, to start doing more. Mm -hmm. And globally, to your point. So congratulations on being the, the delegate. Thank you. Did you have to apply? Did they seek you out? Tell us about that process. So there's a group called Women in Tech uh, Global Movement, and it's it's uh, was started by this incredible woman, um, Ayumi Aoki. And she lives in Paris and it's, it's for the most, it's more, it's more um, on that side of the pond. I met Ayumi through an organization called the Global Entrepreneurship Summit. They don't do them anymore, unfortunately, but um, it was a, it was a, a government sponsored entrepreneurship um, conference and it was in the Netherlands and that's a whole nother story too. But um, anyway, so I met her there and we just became friendly. And as I said, you know, I, I have this network and I always keep in touch with people. I would see something, I would send it over to her and, you know, how are you I'm just checking in, you know, how are you doing? And she was doing the very first global summit and it was going to be in Paris and it was going to be in Paris in 2020. <laughs> And so she had already asked me if I would do a keynote. And I said, sure. But, you know, of course, that how that sort of exploded. But then in uh, she and then in 2021, she decided to move forward with it. So I went to that and she's extremely connected. So she had like the deputy director of NASA was there. Um, the the deputy, uh, excuse me, the ambassador um, to to for the United States to France, Denise Bauer was there. And so I met a lot of these dignitaries and a lot of these people and they saw my keynote. And when the ambassador invited us to her residence to have a women in tech round table with her and her and her staff. And afterwards she pulled me aside and her commercial officer was there and they mentioned that they were have they were going to, they were considering doing a women in tech focused trade mission. And would I be interested in participating? Um, and I had all the imposter syndrome because I was probably the, the earliest stage company that went on this trade mission. And, you know, and, and the government doesn't sponsor you to go to these things. You have to, you have to pay for it. They, they, they do have grants and things like that, but it, it, you know, as you know, grants, if we all had time to apply for grants, right? So <clears throat> it was, a, it was an expense. And I, I thought you know, maybe this isn't the right thing for me and maybe it's not the right time. Maybe I should wait, you know, all those thoughts. And one of my advisors was like, you have to show up. Like if someone invites you to do this, you've got to go. And I, I, you know, I, I just put the fear aside. You know, I put that fear aside. I said, I'm not going to have any expectations of this. I'm going to, I'm going to, and you, you have to go through an interview process. They don't just like let you go. You know, you have to go through an interview process and all these things. And I went through the process and they, they offered me the, um, you know, the opportunity 
And, you know, then, then all those imposter syndrome thoughts, you know, start coming in and I just had to, you know, quiet the voices and say, you know what, this is my, I have a 10 year old daughter. Like she's going to see, I'm, I'm afraid I had to do three countries in five days. So, you know, with, with a whole bunch of people, I didn't know, you know what I mean? So yeah. Let us into that voice. What was the imposter syndrome voice telling you? was telling me, you know, that we call it the evil DJ, right. That just like spins those records. Like you're not good enough. You're too early stage. You're not ready. Um, you know, you're going to show up there and people are going to know that, you know, you're, you don't have a $20 million company and these other people do, you know, and there were all these, these kinds of things. And, you know, I, what do I have to offer people in the Netherlands? You know what I mean? And so those were the, the kinds of things. And I just had to take a step back and, Sometimes when I'm in that situation, I think, what would you, like if Gail, if you had called me and said, hey, the government just offered me this opportunity. I don't know. I'm, you know, I just wrote this book. I'm not really sure. I would say to you, you should go. Are you crazy? Right. That's so right. I had to, I had to say, okay, what would you tell, what would you tell you if you weren't you? <laughs> and that was the answer was, you know what? Just go, just go and figure it out later. And that's what I did. And it was, and it was, and, and yes, I was in the earliest stage, like three of the companies, these women, incredible. They're on the Inc 5,000, which is a huge deal. Um, and again, people you don't know, but should, you know, but they're amazing women. Um, a lot of them have had their company for, you know, 10 plus years. And, um, and, but none of them looked at me like, oh, who is this? You know, they were all just, and we're, and we're all good friends. And it was, uh, it, it was probably one of the highlights of my career. Yeah. It's super impressive. I, the honor is the first word that comes to my mind too, but these women were probably looking at you and like going, you're a powerhouse. You accomplished so much in less time than we did. Well, it was, it was interesting because they said, you know, Hey, teach me how to be visible. Like you're visible all the time. And I'm like, all right, we'll do this. You know what I mean? And I, and I said to them, if you're not comfortable doing it, I'm going to do it for you. Cause remember that's the spirit of giving. So mm -hmm. I would take pictures with them and I would post it and tag them in it. I wrote like a, you know, a couple of little blog posts about the different things. And then I specifically, because there we were running, I mean, you were going from like six, seven in the morning, all the way until midnight. Um, with just everything happening. And I've specifically set up time with each and every one of them after the trade mission to say, okay, what can I do to help you? How can I, you know, how can I help you amplify? Um, I have a huge network, you know, are you looking for a specific client? And I was able to hook up a couple of them with, with, uh, you know, with clients, one um, with a uh, potential hire, you know, for her company. So, you know, that's the way I could, I could give back, you know, to them. So, and you're a really good giver and networker. You and I met, you were giving a keynote yeah. at a tech event and I was on the panel. Yeah. And then the next year I was the keynoter with a panel and yeah. we've stayed in touch, which has been awesome. It's very intentional. I think that, you know, people, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot going on. And I don't know. I just, I, I'm just one of those people. Like I was driving down the street the other day and there was a billboard that reminded like has saying that reminded me of someone I haven't talked to in 10 years. I come home and I was like, Hey, you know, I just saw this billboard with this saying, cause that person used to say this saying all the time. And I said, you know, just reminded me of you. And she's like, Catherine, we have to talk. And turns out she's like the head of HR of a big company. And now she's saying, you know, we could use get wise. 
you know, and it wasn't, and I didn't do that. And honestly, I didn't even look at what she was doing. I just went straight to LinkedIn and I sent her the message and she wrote back to me and she's like, Hey, we, I've been seeing you out. We have to talk. Um, you know, and she scheduled a meeting with me for next week and it could potentially be a customer, but that's not why I reached out to her. Right. It was just because of, Hey, I saw it, you know, so it is intentional. Um, and it's a, I feel like it's, I'm the one that's blessed because I reached out to someone from 10 years ago. She didn't even have to respond, but she remembered me and she was excited to have a conversation with me. So I, you know, I feel like I'm the one that, that, that is lucky here, you know? And it's putting forth the effort, you know, building a network, keeping the network, retaining it, growing it. It's effort. It's work. And you, you mentioned this, like it's a busy world. Everyone's busy, busy. Everyone's overwhelmed, overworked, right? Technology. That's where it's a blessing and a curse. But if you take the time and you give, something may come back and maybe not immediately. That's awesome that that woman from 10 years or man, right? Had an opportunity, but it, you're paying it forward. For yourself and for others. Exactly. Exactly. And it does come back. And yeah, it does take time. It doesn't take that much time though. You know, I, I went to this women in tech event um last week in New York, and I took the time to go through and connect on LinkedIn with every single one of them. And I just took it like 15, 20 minutes every single day. And I just went through and I and I was sitting at the table. One of my clients actually sponsored me to go, which was which was lovely. And I'm sitting at the table and these people are just coming up to me. Oh, you're Catherine, you're Catherine, you know? And she said, what are you, the mayor? And I was like, no, I, I, I meant, I, I said to people, Hey, I'm going to be at this conference. I'm going to be at table 75, come by and say hi. And they did, you know? And I think it's just doing the, the, the smallest gestures that you can, that will facilitate a new connection. And that's the way I look at it. It's uh, um, it, you know, I have two kids. I have a husband, I have a dog, um, my, my, you know, I have my mom and all the things that go with, um, with that. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's trying to figure out there's always time in the day. There really is. There's always time in the day that you can take to just reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I could be better at that, you know, full disclosure. I'm like, okay, yes, I've got two kids and blah, 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 but yeah, just reach out and, and touch someone. Yeah. Really reach out and just be like, Hey, I think about you, you know, and, and, and it's funny because you said, you, I, I should be better at that. You you'll do what, what works for you when you, you know, you can, there are weeks that I don't reach out to people because I'm too busy and my headspace is someplace else, but there, you know, but then, you know, it just kind of comes back and I think, Hey, I should reach out to Gail. See how she's, doing, you know? Yeah. There's my imposter syndrome right there. Huh? Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> just because it, I do it for me doesn't mean it's the right thing. You know, it's the right thing for everybody. Um, and you know, people have their own, you know, unique things, um, and just step into whatever that is for you. Good advice. You mentioned it's, you know, applying for a grant does take a long time. And so (laughs) I'm very choosy on where, where I, where, when I apply, but women are the CEOs of our household. And, you know, it's hard to juggle whether you're a working mom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, it's hard, right? We have that and not enough time in the day. And how do we carve out, like you said, with thought, how do we thoughtfully carve out time and where we want to spend it, right? So we don't waste it because time is one of the most things that's fleeting. 
It's a precious commodity. And so what I love about GetWise is your platform, the on-demand service, that ease of use, that connection that can happen. Right. And I mean, it's 50 minutes. So when we, when I first launched, it was, you could choose between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. And what we found was 30 minutes was too short and 60 minutes was almost too long. So the average call was like 47 minutes. So we're like, okay, we'll do it like therapy where it's like 50 minutes. Right. And that gives the expert a little bit of time to kind of like switch gears and do their, their, their next uh, task. And it's, so I schedule calls with my experts all the time. I pay for that. Right. There's no free lunches. And I said, I want to redo my, my onboarding email sequence. So I wrote it up and I scheduled a call with one of our copywriting experts. And in 50 minutes, she walked through, you know, all the emails with me and made, we made, she made suggestions and I went back through and I, you know, and I had it done and it was just, it was done. It was off my plate. I had this incredible expert who this is all she does for a living. Um, I didn't ask her to do it for me. Right. I said, you know, I just want your opinion here and here. And it wasn't a 30 email sequence, you know, it was like five or seven. And, um, but it gave me enough confidence that I was saying the right things in the right way, um, that it was obviously very much worth the time. So I, I use it. I personally use it all the time. No, that's great. Practice what you preach and being a user of it, right. You can, you can troubleshoot some of that stuff. You can, oh yeah your customer's experience for better or for worse, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as we begin to wrap our conversation, Catherine, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've ever been given was, I really think the, I really think it's more of a, you know, lead, I see my parents like leading by example. You know what I mean? And, and really this idea of, um, we, they always say the good news is, so even if something bad happens, like the good news is now it doesn't go for everything. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, there's death and there's pain and there's, there's certain things that, you know, it's, it's, everything doesn't happen for a reason. I'm sorry. It just doesn't, but you can get through it, you know? And I, and I, I look back, I mean, I, I was, I, I made a lot of money, you know, on wall street, right. I did really, really well. I did well by my clients and that all disappeared very like overnight. And I look back on that now. And I thought, I think, how did I even, how did I even see my way to the other side? I couldn't, I had no idea I was going to be doing this today, but that experience gave me the confidence. So if this doesn't work out. I mean, look, as you know, Gail, the, uh, you know, the, the, it's like 50 plus percent businesses fold, mm-hmm. you know, they just do, this could not work out, but then I'll go back to my network and find a job if I have to, or I'll write another book or, I, you know what I mean? And so I think that the, for me, it wasn't necessarily like one piece of advice. It was more of watching people around me. Um, yeah, I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, disappointment is inevitable. Misery is optional. So you can, you are going to be disappointed. There's no question about it. And it can be anything like you, you, you know, you go to the fast food place and you offer, you ask for a, a, a Coke and they give you a Diet Coke. <laughs> you, know I mean? like, you're, you are going to be disappointed, but you don't have to let it drag you into misery and stay there. And that I think is one of the most uh, important things I've learned. 
and that it is. We try, try again, and then focus on the positive. So, Catherine, it's been a pleasure to reconnect Thanks. with you. Thank you for sharing part of your journey. Thank with you. Us and uh, wish you continued success. Thank you so much. And thank you for writing that incredible book. I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm, I'm so excited to um, have met you and have the opportunity to read your book. And um, I encourage everyone else out there to do the, to do the same. <laughs> thank you for your support. A special thank you to Catherine Rose for sharing her story and time with us today. Thank you to New Voice Studios for producing this podcast and for Women in Revenue for sponsoring it. Today's three key takeaways from our conversation is when I ask Catherine about reinvention and how does she do it successfully time and time again and where did she learn that from? She talks about perseverance and the trait that she learned from her parents. In order to keep going, she perseveres. Secondly, she removes the should from all of her vocabulary. She prides herself and encourages us to celebrate the small wins. I'm going to take that one to heart. I'm going to stop removing should from my vocabulary and see what's going to happen in this new year. And lastly, I'm going to quote Catherine because it's such a poignant quote. Catherine said, disappointment is inevitable, but misery is an option. And I'm going to read that one again. Disappointment is inevitable, but misery is an option. Oftentimes we get stuck. We get stuck in a rut. We don't know how to climb out of it. But that quote, if that's not motivation, if that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. It gives me that can-do attitude and risk-taker ability and saying, yeah, going back to quoting Zig's quote, fear to me is face everything and rise. Certainly not face everything and run. I encourage you to check out her books on Amazon.com, as well as mine, Full Steam Ahead, Triumphant Tales for Working Women to Overcome Adversity, Fear, and Self-Doubt. And if Catherine and I can help advise you or your company in any way, I encourage you to reach out to GetWise and their services, as well as mine at GailKeller.org. Thank you, and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.